Codeine, codeine, codeine. I'm begging of you, please don't take my lean. Codeine, codeine. We, we, no, we can't. What? I want us to like link up on that and actually do it in a synchronicity. Uh, no, Sean, but it's impossible I, for no, us. Sean, I was synced up with you. Uh, like for the recording, you. I'm singing along with you. You have the delay. I that's that's not even true. I am nailing it. My rhythm, my no, circadian no, no, rhythm. Sean, yes, I you're doing it good. But I have a delay I, on your end. That's why it doesn't sound like I'm synced up. But I will say it will be synced up in the record. I am a circada that only awakens during certain moments of the year. Do I come into the trees and then I make that sound. And I'm always and it's a beautiful sound of the summer. It's the sound that lets you know summer is here. Wear your short shorts. Wear the fun little flip flops. Because Shonda Circada is out. It also lets you know that big old robots that aren't robots are like fleshy creatures with armor on top are about to start hitting an angel. I need to actually finish Evan- uh, you Evangelion. You I don't. want to. I don't really know because I really liked it. I did like it. I just okay. didn't finish it. Yeah, I, I liked it. I think we might have talked about this before where I liked it. I was just not ready for... An anime about PTSD. Mm. Yeah. Like, that okay. was like, oh, yeah, fun robot fights. And then it's like, no, this is a child who is uh, traumatized from a war he did not sign up for. Well, I mean, he's also traumatized from his dad, who's a piece of shit. Everyone in that show, a piece of shit. And I found out that the creator did that for the purpose of, hey, you will watch this and never want to watch it again. But it backfired. And now people are obsessed with the show. Wait, why would he want people to never watch it again? Because he wanted people to know, like, hey, there's more to life than just anime. Okay, that's that's a weird decision then to become an anime artist. I feel like if you want, hey, you know, there's more to life than just anime. You could also just do one of those more things, you know, like there's more to life than anime. I'm really into baking. So I'm going to get real good at baking and then show people that baking is not anime, but still pretty cool. That's why you take out all the sugar. So people are like, okay, it's fine, but I'm not going to like, I'm not obsessed and addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Neon, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, famously zero sugar. Ooh, dang. Why don't I, I like it fair. then? My life is zero sugar. Because I th- do you still like, no sugar, but do you still like like sweets? Like, do you still like look for like the sweet taste at all? No? I do look for the sweet taste, but sugar itself I have eaten recently. And it's it, it just, I get an immediate sugar crash and then I feel like shit the rest of the day. That's what, like, that's what I'm asking, like, which is good, because sugar is absolutely poison, uh-huh. and there's, like, speaking of someone who's still, like, very, I'm, I'm on good terms with my addiction with sugar. Okay, I thought you were just saying your addiction in general. I mean, there are certain addictions I'm, I'm pretty good, I'm pretty, I'm on pretty good terms with most of my addictions. I'm not. In that, I accept that they are addictions, and I am not doing anything to improve my life with that. I have to just constantly cut things out of my diet so I feel like I have the power. But, oh, my God, it's worked out so well, Sean. My cum gutters have been installed, and holy shit, I feel good about myself. I... uh, Yep, go ahead. I I am proud of you and your (laughs) cum gutters. I just... 
hate that you call them cum gutters. Normally Fridays are my day off, but I mm. recorded an, an, a guest spot on that other Toku podcast. Go check it out. But yeah. Saturday, Lil Cory was supposed to come over. Those plans fell through. So I just did a half day like I usually do. My days off are just half days and I do one a week. So, yeah, guys, I work. OK, but mm-hmm. I was stoned after watching. I think. No, it was before I started watching Angel. That movie rips, guys. Angel. I'll get into it in a second. But I was stoned sure. in the kitchen. We were making lunch and I was like, oh, yeah. Should I just eat a can of beans or like something small? And I was like, you want to know what? No, Nicole, I can eat pizza rolls because I have cum gutters now. And then I ate a And then shit. Nicole said, what? Because that was all an <laughs> internal conversation in your head? <laughs> no, no, th- I was saying this out loud. <laughs> okay, cool. I thought you were just like kind of staring at a can of beans for a minute. And then you no. said, no, Nicole. <laughs> like there's uh-uh. just like 30 seconds of silence. Uh-uh. You hear Butters do a little scritchy scratch, and then James, no, I've got cum gutters. I can eat what I want. I was also high, and I, I just said this to Nicole because it, I, it's insane how my tweets that I'm like, uh, that I post high, and I'm like, these are fucking good. And this, Sean, this should have more than five likes. Let me know. Okay. All right, sure. The Ninja Turtles have such a great rat dad. Shout out to Sphinxster. Speaking as someone who did see that tweet, almost paused for half a second and then just kept scrolling. Nah, I'm pretty sure Sphincter got exactly as he deserved. You piece of shit, you saw it, but you did not like it? You're not one of the five! You're an ass, man. And speaking of being ass, so comatose... Listen to last week's episode as we shouted him how, hey, guys, I there's no. Oh, oh, real quick. Last week's episode of Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling, a pro wrestling podcast featuring the Marshland Monster, James McCollum and Goose Von Kaiser, Michelle (gasps) Marciniak. Hello. We're going through Lucha Underground season one. Uh Uh, And that's the podcast that Comatose was listening to last week. Yes, because the Unearth the Underground of last week. We don't have one this week because I've been uh, in a haze, but. Okay. He was listening and he said, yo, Sean can eat a doo-doo sandwich for hating for on for hating on Psycho Goreman. Yo, you, everyone can go eat a doo-doo <laughs> sandwich. Psycho Goreman is a doo-doo sandwich. And I hope you get doo-doo. No, I do respect. I, 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 most, I think I mostly just shed on it uh, as a visceral response to you, James, as a person and as a friend. Hello. So much <laughs> so, Comatose I, was on This Existed last week talking about the movie he co-directed, Foul Uprising. It's available on Troma Now, right now. So yeah, maybe. he thought you were the co-host of This Existed and showed up with a Psycho Gorman shirt <laughs> on to be like, yo, man, where's that bastard Sean at? <laughs> Wait, did he really call me a bastard? Uh, he said something along those lines, yeah. Am I afraid of coma? Is comatose looking for me? I think. Do I have to go into hiding? Comatose is your new Steve Barnes. Oh, Steve Barnes, you <laughs> son of a bitch. If comatose, does comatose know Steve Barnes no. at all? Thank uh-uh. God. Those two can. James, this is on you. You cannot allow these two people to meet and to then develop a plan of attack against me. James, Whoa. I have so many enemies, they cannot know each other. Holy shit. Comatose is talking about how much he loves Wheel of Time on Amazon. I guess oh, he has to no. come on Wheel of Time, sweet oh, child God. of it. Don't you dare. I can't allow this to happen. This isn't. This is my intelligentsia. I am the She-Hulk. 
I break the fourth wall, oh. and Steve Barnes and Comatose are my intelligentsia. I thought intelligentsia you were talking about the terrible coffee that nicole's like why is it in every restaurant in chicago and why was it in burger king it sucks yeah dark matter for life baby Ooh, i like kroger wozers you like kroger's Uh uh-huh uh-huh Okay, cool, 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 cool. But, Sean, uh, speaking of, I don't have a Unearth the Underground, so I just want to talk about some movies I watched this week. The first was <laughs> sure. Angel. It's been on my list. Okay, people talk about how great the Spotify algorithm is and how great mm-hmm. the TikTok algorithm is of just, like, showing you truly what you want to hear and what you want to see. The Tubi algorithm for me is fantastic. So I trust it. So when I see something that I feel like, oh, this is going to be a very just low budget exploitation film that was probably shot on VHS or video, I'll trust it that I will enjoy it, but I'll probably need to be high. I did not need to be high, even though I was to watch Angel, (laughs) especially when like you see the description, you're like, well, this is going to be just trash smut, right? It is A 15-year-old from an affluent school is a sex worker at night, and there is a serial killer killing sex workers. Sean. Okay. Yeah. This movie was so well done, beautifully shot. Who was it? Do you know? I don't know. All I know is... It fucking rips. I loved Damn, it. Damn, Angel. And they, it was, even though, like, yes, it would fall under exploitation, they handled the situation of teens who have to work the streets very well. Or I was just very high and I was like, this is this fucking rocks. Because I did also watch The Dirt Bike Kid starring Ralphie from A Christmas Story. Those sound like two very different oh, movies. Yes, they are. All right, cool. That's, that's an interesting double feature. You pull into their drive-in, you got one hand on the popcorn, another hand around uh, the pretty thing that you took to the drive-in. Mm-hmm. And you go from Angel. And that's the order you go. You go first yep. Angel and then you start The Dirt Bike Kid starring Ralphie. You're going to shoot your eye out uh-huh christmas it, story i don't know if that that child is a shit actor or the like they only had one take because oh boy it's bad but there was a man who i'm like playing like the evil dude who of course wants to like tear down the local hang for the children all of that oh, fuck but this is a beanstalk movie because Okay. Ralphie gets, or his name's Jack, gets money from his mother, and instead of buying groceries, he buys Buys a a dirt dirt bike. bike. That's my man. (laughs) He gets it. This dude absolutely gets it. What are you talking about, bad actor? He that care he made the best choice a human being could ever make. I ten out of ten. I you know what? Goose recommendation of the week. Go out and buy a dirt bike and Uh then don't eat. Stop eating by dirt bikes. It's a magic dirt bike and helps him and it's sentient. So eat a dirt bike. Ooh, that too. Get some barbecue sauce, slather your dirt bike. The leather. And then eat your dirt bike. Eat that leather, baby. Mm -hmm. It's practically beef. Yep. Dirt bikes. It's what for is it's what for dinner. Uh-huh. That's yep. So they're the evil man, the banker in this. I'm like, what is that man from? And I pull up him on letterbox. I'm like, oh, he's from Fatal Attraction, which we watched within the last month. I'm like, hell yeah. And I'm scrolling down to see like it, I it, he feels more 
prescient in my mind than just this bit character that he was. I scroll down. He's in Beanstalk playing the giant. Another <laughs> Beanstalk movie. I watched this month. <laughs> I have seen this man in two Beanstalk parodies. One of them or... literally called Beanstalk. Uh-huh, man, that Beanstalk nice. movie when he goes up the Beanstalk and they mm-hmm. create this world where the giants are like 40 years behind in time. So they're in the 50s. It looks, there's miniature work. It's so fucking good, guys. Watch Angel, then the Dirt Bike Kid. Then everyone's favorite Beanstalk. Oh, eat a dirt bike. Or eat a dirt bike. Then watch Beanstalk. Dirt bike, what for dinner? Mm -hmm. Watch Beanstalk. And then uh, sip some codeine. Codeine, codeine. And then. I'm begging of you, please don't take my lean. Hope you're not drafted into the Aztec warfare. Drums, drums, real loud drums, real loud drums of dancers, dancers and drums, dancers and drums. It's Aztec warfare, baby. It was this was cool. This was a wild episode. I was very happy to watch it. James, how did you feel about this episode of Sweaty Time? I was called no, it's called Lucha Underground. We're Sweaty Time. The show is called Lucha Underground, Season 1, Episode 9, Aztec Warfare. Ooh, a new champion has been crowned, and I loved it, baby. I was, as a fan watching it this week, I, I I had no qualms. I liked the episode. I enjoyed it. It was very fun. As... A co-host of a podcast where we talk for a long time about it. I was very worried because there's only one segment in the entire episode. It's just the match. Were you worried that we won't be able to talk for an hour and a half? Absolutely. Okay, that's fucking good, Sean. I was worried of like... Okay, he's he's gonna come and he's gonna be like, all right, we got a lot to talk about. I'm gonna come. You better believe it. Right, Phoenix, Johnny Mundo, number one and number mm-hmm. two. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm coming mountain style, baby. Oh fuck, Jesus! And if you don't Christ. know that reference, make sure you're listening to Mostly Speaking Sentai, the most unlistenable episode ever, featuring yours truly. Well, Presley from Height of Horror says it's the greatest episode ever. I'm so it's telling you anytime. So it depends <laughs> on your state of mind at the time. <laughs> yeah, state like, of mind if you've never watched I, th- I like to think that's what we do best if you've never watched what we're talking about we it's, it's better oh yeah, yeah yeah probably because people who watched five man are like when are they gonna start talking about this five man and we do but truly it says in the description we use the episode as a springboard for conversation so if you're like why aren't they being analytical about it we can't be that's why yeah we're too busy handling it you Fool. Anal why ticks okay they're ticks that are you know like why fighters from star war some people say anal why, I say anal why not. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I watch Aztec Warfare. Ooh, baby. <laughs> we start out with the temple. Mm-hmm. Interior. Day. 
temple. The lights are low and the energy is high. Vampiro and Matt Stryker are seen, ready to degrade some women in just what seems like okay terms for 2014, but ooh baby, I don't think it was. They need a woman. Yes, don't don't forget, wrestling is always 10 years behind. So it's okay <laughs> terms for 2004, which okay. is pretty good for for pro wrestling for Amer- at least yeah for pro wrestling yeah sure uh, they really really need either a woman on commentary or even like a sideline even though they don't have have a need for that they need someone that they can balance off from to just like when because when a a woman and a little person get on also when a a man more sizable than the rest they're like that dude's a giant holy shit man i bet he's stupid because he's bigger than us oh we'll get to marshmallow we'll get to that when that happens dude i mean it's hard i think because i don't even think it's weird like the way this show is presented it's not presented like a sports program like 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 you know how you see wwe today even AEW, a lot of a lot of wrestling shows they present it like a sport mm-hmm. where there will be backstage interviews and stuff. It's I'm not glad that's not here. It's yeah, it's not. It's much more. It's much more of a narrative uh, sort of, a, you know, you know, melodrama, almost mm-hmm. a serial. So like, yeah, you can't you, we don't get to have the sort of Renee Paquette or a Byron Saxton is doing it in WWE. We don't get that sort of like Michael Cole when he first debuted with WWE. Mean Gene Okerlin. And we really can't have a mean. It would be weird to have a mean gene in this in the way the show is presenting itself, in the way this because it's all like there isn't a camera, there isn't you know the wrestlers don't know they're on camera. Yeah. Whenever they're backstage, like it's presented like a TV show movie, much more narratively driven. So we don't, and it's weird because mean gene is like wrestling, you know. And that's why, since they don't think there's a camera on them, everyone's just. Dropping trow, taking big ass shits on Chavo's bags. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 That was this entire episode. No matches this week. Mm-hmm. Just dunking a big old dump on Chavo, who takes a dump on the sport and the culture and the tradition of lucha mm-hmm. libre. Mm-hmm. Chavo, how fucking there! I can't even believe it. Chavo. Yeah, you never trust a Guerrero. Is what Vampiro I think says. Insane. Oh my gosh! It's true. He'll take he'll he'll wrestle you for your child on a, in a ladder match. So uh, Chavo, the reason why he he makes sure he's well rested so he doesn't get bags under his eyes because damn, they're gonna take a shit on his from eyes from the top true. ropes. Uh, but to go on to your point, like it's because I don't think they need another commentator because the, the way because the way it is now it is a much smaller. I mean, it's a studio show too. It's not they're not going to arenas. It's this small TV studio. So like a third commentator would feel maybe a little bit too much. I think it just Stryker and Vampiro need to be better. Yes, that like, is I think that's what it is. They just need to be better. Also, it used to be Vampiro with like the like vocally gravelly voice more so. And Matt Stryker is just getting more and more rocks and pebbles in his yeah. throat. I do not he cuz they I'm sure they fill multiple episodes in a you know in a session. Mm-hmm. Oh. Prob right? Probably. That makes sense. Yeah, but like all at some point someone has to sit striker aside and be like, "Do you know how to like take care of your voice?" Mm-hmm. Like cuz he's not and it's clear, it's real scary. 
Like I'm scared listening to Striker sometimes because it feel it sounds like his voice box is going to plop out on the table and, and just wither up and die. I'm I'm so concerned for Matthew Striker. If his voice box came out, you know, Eric Clapton would walk up to it, plug a guitar into it, and start going. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. Then he'd start complaining about vaccinations, and everyone would be like, "Fucking Ooh. why, dude?" Eric Clapton's <laughs> voice box man, right? Uh, no, that's Peter Frampton. Damn it! I always get those two mixed up. Just I don't know any of their music besides one used the talk box all the time. And I don't know if I've said this on a podcast, at least in the last few years, but talk box is truly, if you can do talk box, if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's you put this long tube into your mouth that's hooked up to your guitar and you can sing. And as you uh, start playing instruments your voice it's kind of like pre-auto tune it is a pitch correction mm. thing because your words will be that of your uh notes playing out of yeah. the guitar uh, the most yeah. probably famous that everyone listening would probably know would be california love the california love is that how that's done yes but it's done through huh. a uh like a keyboard or an organ opposed okay. to that but The thing with TalkBox is you have to put it in your throat and kind of like get like real wide with it, with your throat and all of that. Anyone who can get laid after doing that at a concert (laughs) truly is a work of art themselves. Because think of this. If Justin Bieber at his height, you know, he's like a 19 year old. Mm -hmm. If he had come out with a guitar and said 5'10". Exactly. And he just said, hey, girls, I'm going to serenade you with a song and then like put in a a, like stretched his throat out. Put it in. I don't think that's a serenading device. It is California love. Damn, my panties are off right now. Your panties are always off because you wish you know, (laughs) you know. Exactly the state of your own panties. No, but like I can't think of like a straight up like Sarah like ballady love song that uses a talk box. There, I'm sure there are. Uh huh. And I'll make one. Good for you. I don't know why I said that so aggressively. I'll do I believe it. in you. I know you will, and it'll be it'll be very good because you're very good at the things you do. It'll be. I got that stinky dick, yeah. All right. <laughs> or that will be it. That will be So the episode this week opens <gasps> with I love and it, it's uh, they're like Aztec dancers and musicians. Yeah, because uh, they wear yeah they wear like 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 yeah like just like old school like traditional like Aztec gear. Absolutely losing it. The drummers are going fucking nuts. Uh, this very I love this atmosphere. Uh huh. I it's so fucking cool and they stay throughout the entire match again it's a one match card it's a one match episode no set no backstage segments Mm -hmm. it's just this giant aztec warfare um which is the rules are oh real quick james what did you think of the dancers and the drummers they were tight dude they They are so good i could see them like instead like put that the drums into a talk box and let me beat box with it let me beat off to that. Oh, damn. Because it's so good. Uh, I guess. Yeah, just say something terrible, but make sure everyone knows it's a compliment. Yeah. Oh, man, you made, you made my coffee so good, Starbucks lady. I'm going to jerk off to it. Because you're really great at making coffee. Thank you. 
Why am I being asked to leave? It's there is so fun. I loved this. I loved this intro. I was not expecting it, and I was very happy. Have you ever been asked to leave a restaurant? Are you at now in a very serious? Because this is not a comedy podcast, and we cannot stress that enough. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm. I don't think I have. I've only been asked by my parents to leave a restaurant. I can absolutely understand why without hearing anything else. <laughs> As children, why. yeah, my brother, sister, and I, whenever put into like serious, whenever you asked us, hey, be on your best behavior and be serious, no like funny business, that would make us just get into a fit of laughter. So much so that multiple times we were asked at generally buffets, hey, please go out to the car. You guys are being unruly right now just by laughing. Yeah. Well, because it's, it's you don't think about it. I, I don't think anyone it, I don't think a child has ever like taken the steps to go. I will misbehave now. I think I know actually why these buffets were run by Monster Incorporated. And I think we were just overloading their electrical circuits. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Mike Wazowski. Ooh. I, I, I see movies, okay? I can make references. I'm good. Yeah, reference the dirt bike kid, baby. Y'all eat your dirt bike. It's <laughs> what dinner is tonight. <laughs> Uh, girl mustache, eat a dirt bike, help the dude. We open with Dario in the ring. We have some one old kind of segment of just Dario in the ring, microphone, belt in hands, uh, talking about how 2015 is going to be a groovy year to watch, uh, and everyone's going to have a real good time watching this match. Dario has invented himself called Aztec Warfare. And this is one of the cool things you get with like a good studio audience. Immediately, everyone starts chanting, Aztec warfare. Uh-huh. The first thing they do is boo the shit out of this silly man who loves cocaine. And then they chant his show. Which I would love to see a loved CEO owner gimmick. Like, say, all the people, yeah, we love this dude. Why is yeah. it always, I know it's because, like, McMahon, when he got all, like, ruthless aggression on our ass... You just have to hate the guy. But well, it's, all, it's also like, I, do you want to watch a movie of like a CEO who's like, instead of like, if it was the, if it was Ralphie starring in the dirt bike kid mm -hmm. and instead of like the evil CEO coming through, being like, I'm going to tear down that youth center. So you kids, it was this benevolent CEO coming through being like, hey, I'm going to uh, I'm going to put some new bathrooms in your youth center. Also, uh, here's a free dirt bike. Also, high fives to everyone. Yes, because then the conflict would have been with a child or something. Then it's like, well, we need to beat the dirt bike kid to make me the dirt bike kid. Yes, which is also fine. But then I'm sorry, I'm not yes adding this. Uh, I'm not yes adding the bit, but it's an interesting conversation. Oh, real quick. Yes. We've seen the dirt bike kid. I want to see a movie called The Dirt Bag Kid. <laughs> Just like a real shitty of a child. Ask your mother for a photo album of your youth and you'll see the dirt bag kid, you son of a bitch. I wasn't a dirt bag. I was a I'm depressive. I'm teenage dirt bag, baby. I'm real sad I eat dirt bikes. Uh, but the thing with it is, if you have an authority figure as a benevolent force, you do take away some of the agency of your hero, 
right? Yeah, like, I like, guess. like, like they're not like they don't have to go on the hero's journey to earn something because the benevolent authority figure probably helped them get it. Like it's it is and it is. I don't know if it's somewhat Western. Hero's journey is a very Western mode of storytelling, but you but you do want. Like we want to see heroes achieve usually when we watch something. We want to and achieve through like hard work and that struggle, right? That's the conflict we're looking for, and that's what makes it feel so cathartic and so good when they finally do do uh, a big stinky dump in Chavo's bag and accomplish their dreams, which is to shit in Chavo's bag. This will be my last thing on this. You could achieve the same thing. But it's someone who would just want to see great wrestling. So even mm -hmm. if someone there is a dirtbag wrestler, they're still going to be like, well, hero, you need to take this person down or this dirtbag will be the face of our company instead of me, who could be a dirtbag CEO being the face of the company. Or you incorporate the board members in there who some of them are dirtbags. Well, some are dirt bikes. Hell yeah. And it <laughs> And I'm trying to think, like, because there are and there are actually examples of just that, like, hero, please be the dirt bike that we need to defeat the dirt bags. Mm -hmm. uh, Teddy Long, when he was general manager of SmackDown, I think was always a was always usually a good guy. Uh, he loved putting you, people in one on one matches against the Undertaker. Yeah, and it was and it was a cool way, especially for a hero like the Undertaker, who at that time was doing Dead Man again, so he wasn't talking. Having this, having the boss come out and like, I'm setting you up against our hero, and doing exactly that. Undertaker be the dirt bike uh, to fight all these dirt bags. I think so. It's definitely possible. Like it definitely, it absolutely can be done. Uh, Mick Foley, when he was commissioner uh, for raw, uh, had some of the best edge and Christian segments. Honestly, some of my favorite WWE memory uh, moments are like Mick Foley kind of forcing edge and Christian who were these very pretty, but like didn't want to work kind of champions. Like they were the champions. They just never wanted to defend their belts. Mm -hmm. So Mick Foley coming in and like just kind of thwarting all of their plans to cheat their way to success. See, like it absolutely can work. It it just becomes it's almost you almost want to like then go back to a little bit of KISS where it is. Does this complicate the story further? Because as far as like on a really like capitalist level, merchandise sales and all that stuff, it's usually not going to be the boss. Right. I don't. Not too many people want to buy uh, a, a mid-manager action figure. You want to buy you want to buy your heroes. Okay. So the more we can, the stronger we can make our heroes look. James, you, it looks like you got something a cooking in that there a brain of yours. Okay, we it's a tale as old as 1997. Okay, that's a ooh. We go the game freak route. If you want to throw obstacles, if you want people mm -hmm. to have to overcome, just put a Snorlax in the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just, just so uh, people are like, yeah. why do you laugh so hard? I'm looking at Sean's face, and you guys don't get that. Just trying, just trying <laughs> to say something back. Like, I mean, but true. You know what? Okay. Like, what is a Snorlax in professional wrestling to you? Uh, no, no, a little, a literal oh, Snorlax. Like a, okay, we want a literal Snorlax. If there is like maybe Ray Phoenix, Phoenix is trying to get out to the ring. He's got a big match with Pentagon Junior, mm -hmm. and as soon as he gets to the curtain, there's just a Snorlax blocking yeah. his way to the ring, and he gets counted out. And this is perfect because it is a studio show. They don't have to move the Snorlax every week. It's oh, just they can there. build around the Snorlax. Oh yeah. 
if they're building their own set, you build around the yep. Snorlax. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, that is a very good point, though. I'm, and I'm glad you bring it up. Because for the same reason, I think it, it, it becomes a very tired trope, if mm-hmm. you don't do anything new with it, of the villainous boss. I think Cueto, uh, I'm going to say Dario Cueto, is one of the better, if not like top five, uh, at least on American television, like villainous wrestling bosses. Yes, because he seems, we've said it before. He seems mm-hmm. to be trying to summon a god. And if that is what he is doing, it's not just like, I, I have a big ego and I want a lot of money. No, he wants to summon a god. Yeah, he's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. And like and everything, like every, everything he's, every choice he makes is just the most, how can I... I don't want to just be a villain. How can I make sure my Saturday morning cartoon character is reviled among children across the playgrounds nationwide? He is so over the top in his, because his mission, and he does have like a clear character want, maybe. He clearly wants something. We don't know what it is yet. I think I the God speculation, I'm, that's where I'm leaning to. But it's one of those like, I don't know what it is, but I can, I can feel he clearly wants that like it's, it's it's a very clear want even if i don't know what the want is mm-hmm. and it's so much better than i just don't like him i don't know he's got he's bald and he drinks beer i hate that shit like that's okay cool but why yeah but yeah quito's fucking dope i need to go so speaking on that i need to go to buffalo so i can form actual hatred opinions for it so when why? i come here i can be a more effective villain to you why just i'm sorry i don't hate my hometown i feel like that blows your mind that i'm like i really do enjoy but i I really do enjoy uh loganberry is pretty cool that's about it oh loganberry is pretty cool what about that creek you would go dirt bike at Oh, you know that creek I would dirt bike at that I never actually dirt biked. I had to mountain bike and then the rich kids had dirt bikes and they also had drugs and I wasn't allowed to hang out with them because they had dirt bikes and drugs. But that's okay. I had a good time. Do you think one of them um, is a sentient bike that he got like a magic bean? I know that one of my childhood friends growing up was in fact a sentient dirt bike turned that way because of a magic bean. Now, can I talk about it? Not really. The CIA is always listening. And they can all go fuck themselves. I'm sorry, Sean, but I've looked at our listenership. Not even the CIA is <laughs> listening to oh, this. Okay, then yeah, I can talk about it. Johnny, I miss you. Johnny, come back, you dirt bike motherfucker. God damn. God damn, um, dog. Um, I don't know who did it, but the I feel like the upon entering the ring or walking to it and you slam your head back and you either spray beer or water in the air that post covid is a criminal offense that was thankfully triple h uh who did perform the water bottle spit is uh super injured can will never most likely never ever wrestle again he doesn't need Uh, to he's making seo money Absolutely. So thank and thankfully that means no one's getting spat on in the face with the nasty water from his mouth. Speaking of that, and this would be more for shuffling the deck, but my friend yeah. Dakota Rust, you listen to Shuffling the Deck, it's in this feed. You'll hear about him. He was my friend, best friend in middle school and high school, and he was very into the rap group Cottonmouth Kings. And he went to an all-ages show, or maybe it was 16 Up, of Cottonmouth Kings at the intersection in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And boy, oh boy, I 
looking back, I love remembering conversations that two moms would have together and one of them being outraged and the other one being like, oh, yeah, I can like kind of see this. But like, is it really that big of a deal? Like, clearly, that's what was going in on their in their heads, because his mom was recanting to my mom of the Cottonmouth Kings. They were smoking weed and spraying beer into the audience. And this is not a 21 up show. I just don't understand. You know, I hate agreeing with moms. Yeah. One of my least favorite things to do in life is to agree with a mother. But I I do see that point. I love beer spraying, weed smoking shows. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you should smoke at, I don't know if you should get high on stage at your under, at your underage, and specifically your all ages show. Yeah, that I will agree with. You want to, I'll remedy this and... Give you a situation where you're like, well, I don't agree with that mother at all. I would love to disagree with a mother. Okay, so it was my mom and Kathy Walcott. She babysat, and I was friends with their sons, Brett, Corey, and Ryan. My mom was screaming in her driveway. We lived a block away, but I was. it's not like I could be like, oh, that's mother screaming about her current soapbox this was my mother's soapbox mm-hmm. at this time i think it would have been around like 1998 ish and maybe 1999 okay. my mother was saying i can't believe it's on movie posters it is on billboards i see it all the time it's on commercials i cannot believe they named a movie austin powers in the spy who shagged me yeah if, baby if you're from england like my pen pal and my friends are i've been to england before <laughs> that's practically like putting the spy who fucked me do you think we should have our children seeing posters say austin powers the spy who fucked me no <laughs> And I'm constantly, whenever I see the spy who shagged me, that conversation darts into my head because my mom said it to multiple people many times. <laughs> I love that. I just love that the soapbox. I, I have pen pals from England. Uh-huh. I've listened to the Beatles. Uh, I've won, I read the opening cover of a Jane Austen novel. Uh-huh. I got through about half of the words on that cover. So, uh, yeah, I think I know a little bit about something. Shouts out to Margie. My mom also, one of her, so this was kind of a more reasonable soapbox. I went to mm-hmm. a school called Godfrey Lee. I used to think it was like being free from God. And I was like, that's pretty cool. But as a child, I was saying that. I'm assuming it's a school I'm a, a school dedicated in the name of comedian Godfrey. I wish. Or Gilbert cool. Godfrey. Ah, oh, man. One of my favorite jokes of all time. Bob Dylan running off a cliff. So across the or like right next to it, there was, I think, a store. And then that went out of business. And then... A bar, a like pub was being formed in there, like being created. Oi, 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 oi. It was an Irish pub and my mother is very, very Irish. Mm-hmm. My two last names are McCormick McCollum. One of those is more Irish than the other. You figure out which one. No country for old marshland monsters. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ayo, ayo. My mom, it was called McNasty's and... No, it wasn't. Nothing's allowed to be called McNasty's. I'm sorry. You know what, American Irish? Irish Americans? No. You need to calm down. If you're... I'm going to burn Boston to the ground some days. If your classroom as a... This was a 
preschool to second grade, if your classroom was along the street or on the like side facing McNasty's, you would Stop see calling it McNasty's. You would see their big <laughs> sign that was a like near comic book drawn, like very like stylized photo of just a dirt bag leprechaun with a stout in his hand shit-faced McNasties. And my mom petitioned oh, to be yeah. like, this can't, This is next to a school. We can't have this. I'm Irish descent. I mean, kind of true. It's not because of the Irish thing. It's probably just because I don't know if I want... Who's building a bar next to... How... Michigan's a pretty big place. Yeah. You can't get like a bar like a little further away from the children. I guess not. That was it was also prime real estate, you know? Yeah, sure. I'm, it was on a street corner in an in on an intersection and next to a school. God damn it, Miss Phillips. I know I can make macaroni art. I've seen me maca- make macaroni art. I just can't fucking get this. And I gotta step out to McNasty's. I'll be uh-huh. I'll be back before recess. I'm sorry. Fuck! Long division? I'm f- I'm barely four foot tall. What do I know about long anything? I'm a child and I drink at McNasty's. Uh, the, what, the only long thing I know is a Long Island iced tea over at McNasty's. The McNasty's, <laughs> baby. <laughs> only thing I know are the rules of Aztec warfare. Hold on, Dario Lates. We. I just have one, minutes. I in. just have one more. We, but it's How? it's barely anything. Out of limits. I have so many notes. I'm like. I'm sorry, I took notes on the match. I did too, but it's not like we have a bunch of notes to talk about. I, one of us may have a bunch of notes to talk about. Okay, well, Outer Limits, the comic book store right near yeah. the school was like, hey, oh man, kids aren't coming in to buy Pokemon cards anymore. The, I see them walking past just stumbling over their words and their little feet because they're shit-faced at McNasty's. You just wanted to call out an old card store. Uh, well, it was also comic book stores. Check out Outer Limits. If it's still in business, that place is rad. The dude who runs it is a sweetie. Hell yeah. You know what? Shouts out to all sweetie comic book owners, especially Outer Limits. Yeah. Uh, Dario Cueto lays out the rules for the Aztec Warfare match. We'll start with two warriors, and then every 90 seconds, another competitor will enter the ring. Ah. Element. <laughs> How do you feel about James as someone who famously loves the Royal Rumble and the way it is structured and every Royal Rumble match ever? How do you feel about this 90 seconds? Everyone entering someone new entering. I was fine with the 90 seconds. Originally, I was like, oh, man, it's it's, shouldn't it be 60? But I think that's normally what the Royal Rumble is, right? I think it's 60 with the 90. It becomes less congested, I think. Yeah, it's definitely everyone when I say everyone, I mean everyone gets some gets their shit in. Mm-hmm. Like everyone gets a moment to shine, which is how a good rumble or, or any sort of multi-person match like this should be. Like if you, there's a reason you got booked and you got hired, it's because you can do something pretty cool and we want to see it. So and I think the 90 sec yeah, 90 seconds definitely gives everyone enough time to kind of make their entrance, do something cool and kind of set up for the next spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, eliminations are pinfall and submission, uh, and no disqualification. Zero. Absolutely none. What a brought a chainsaw. Absolutely. Gonna beat your ass raw. Chuck Taylor style, baby. Uh, did I just combine Limp Biscuit and the best friends? Absolutely. We're gonna get into our number one competitor, 
Guys, it's Phoenix. Oh, damn, he's soaring through the air. He's reborn from fire. Unfortunately, he's number one, even though he is reborn from fire, mm-hmm. which is, I love this. I hate because it makes me so angry that he went to the finals last week of the play, of that weird placement, yeah. unique opportunity. He got all the way to the finals, barely lost, and now he's he's got the worst position of the entire of the entire card. That Cueto. What a piece of trash. I was going to say he's a little tricky boy. He's a little trickster. He's got a little bit of Loki in him. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Wow, crazy. We should do a podcast. Uh, number two. <laughs> I'm assuming this doesn't get released. I'm assuming that's why we have we have no listeners. It's because you listen to the episodes back and you're like, absolutely not. Yeah. And then you I, delete. I put the RSS link on a secret website that like you can find, but it's very hard to just like Sean and one of his friends did with their podcast. <laughs> I don't know if he ever actually put them up. I know oh, yeah. you're like, I, no, truly. I, I never this found did happen. it. Yeah, no, I never did. I couldn't. Uh, that, we did. It was they were micro podcasts. See if you can find them. It was with me and comedian Osher Stolman. Oh, uh, good luck, fuckers. Number two entrant, which is really no better than number one, except it's you sound like poopy. They really emphasize like, oh, if you know his experiences and past with Cueto, number two means something. Yeah, Johnny Mundo is number two. Should have been Chavo. You know what? I do buy. I, I and I like that. I, like that's also something that rumble matches, like good rumble matches or Aztec warfare matches, do is bring a lot of storylines together. Mm-hmm. Like Johnny Mundo's got, I think, a couple big rivalries going. Uh, he's got a friendly rivalry with Puma. He's got a major rivalry with Big Rick, and he's got, and he's probably the one guy on the roster who has the most grudge against Cueto. Mm-hmm. Hell, he stole Cueto's key. Like, like he's the, he's the one guy to get over on Cueto. So like, and so like this number two, like, and it's, it's like little detail work. I think that's going to like carry a lot of storylines through in this big match. Like, is this, is this match all about Cueto versus Mundo? No, but the number two de- uh, delineation po- is, a, is a nice little detail that fleshes out that story. He also has a one-sided beef with Vampiro. <laughs> yeah, Vampiro fucking hates Johnny Mundo for no reason. <laughs> yeah, even in the even during this match, Vampiro will go on record saying, "You know what? I didn't know how I feel felt about him, but I respect him. He's earned my respect." And then, like ten seconds later, fuck this guy! Are you kidding me? He's only oh, here for money. Isn't I that weird, guys? <laughs> He's trying to make a living doing the profession he chose. Play my music. Play my <laughs> fucking music, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah. These, but the big speculation on the number two statement. Striker has that line: Johnny Mundo would rather die standing than live on his knees. And Vampiro doesn't understand that those words, and he hates them. Did you catch that at all? Yeah. Do you know what happened there? I have no idea. Neither did I. Great. Because like um, Vampiro, maybe he thought like sucking dick because he's a juggalo, and they always go that way. Probably fucking juggalos. Oh man. Oh man, you're so lucky you got out of that rat race. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Someone, as someone, I'm not deep in the juggalo culture. I just have a Reddit. I also should. <laughs> I don't like being in any rat race because I'm always screaming at my dad. I go, I'm prairie dog in here back here, dad. <laughs> and I'm always going abba 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 because I pierced my tongue. And my best friend is Seth Green. Yeah. Yeah, baby. I'm prairie dogging. Tom Lovitz is so good in that movie. 
God, John Lovitz is great. John yeah. Lovitz should be. If John Lovitz was the general manager of a wrestling company, like if he was a Dario Cueto type, do you think he's a good guy or a bad guy? I think he is an an agent of chaos. Yeah. I think what whatever he wants, all he wants is like, you know what I think it is? Okay, so like a good character, a good villains have wants. Like that that's what makes his evil plan so evil. John Lovitz opens a wrestling, like he opens a wrestling show and his only goal, he's he's doing a producer's. He's taken out insurance policies on all of his competitors. Mm. So he wants everyone to get horribly injured. And that's that's his that's his number one goal is everyone gets terribly injured, he cashes out and he takes off. Or it could be a situation of it just it's a pretty oh like you get paid well, but the matches are so stupid and he's running it so incompetently. You're like, I want out of my contract. And he's like, All right, that's fine, but in the contract it says if you want out, you have to pay me an exuberant amount of money. So people are yeah. like, fuck, okay, fine. And he's like, I can't, I can't wrestle in a turkey suit every week. <laughs> I have gear. I have really nice tights that have my name on it in sparkly letters. It's like, cool, are those tights a turkey suit? No. Well, here's the ticket. And then he throws you a turkey suit and you are the gobbledygooker forever. John Lovitz should be an on-air general manager for a wrestling show. Absolutely. That's what... Abs, fuck, man. Because, god damn it, I'm so bad. That sounds amazing. Goddamn, dog. I need John Lovitz in the middle of the ring creating Aztec warfare style matches, except they are covered. In, it's it's foam jelly and it's, it's sticky. And there is a fart. Mach- Every time someone gets eliminated, there's a fart machine that makes a stinky sound. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want John love. I want John Lovitz to be, I want John Lovitz to take over every wrestling show ever. I go to, I'm going to, I want to try to hit freelance at the end of this month. I really want John Lovitz to be there. Just calling matches. Johnny Mundo and Phoenix have very good chemistry as the opening two. They're great. They're phenomenal. Who's number three? Mr. Cisco. This little cholo is riding solo. Thanks, Matt Stryker. Uh, we also have a lore drop for Mr. Cisco. Mr. Cisco, uh, one half of Cisco and Castro, along with Bale, are, are the crew members. They're the, go- they're the goons of Big Rick. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Mr. Cisco's nickname for, uh, from his crew is the Rusty Screwdriver. Is Rusty Screwdriver. No, no the just rusty screwdriver again hey james you know what's going on here no idea just like vampiro me, cool yeah all of us you me and vampiro have at least this in common it's interesting it changes uh, johnny mundo has a lot of parkour they name dropped a lot but he's gone on record saying parkour and martial arts films like kung fu films have a huge influence on his wrestling style mm-hmm. and then phoenix is really one of the most innovative if not the most innovative luchadors in the past 20 years, maybe he's, in, you know, he's doing some insane lucha spots. And then here comes Mr. Cisco with a much more fuck you, rusty screwdriver style. And it's, we get some nice variety here. Phoenix is one of the most influential lucha libre in the past 20 years. Well, uh, micro breweries are the most influential on me the past 20 beers. Do you even drink? No, I've, I've never, never been drunk. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right just checking who's number four uh before number four even gets out actually cisco is eliminated oh damn uh, so we'll get to number four and I, uh but cisco avoids a phoenix moonsault but as he's rolling away from the moonsault he rolls into uh, johnny findamundo 
uh, which was that's which was a nice little spot. It's like, oh, thank God. Ouch. And then number four leads to King Cuerno. This dude looks like he was generated in a character creation screen. Like he's so perfect. He's an Adonis. Okay. I was curious which way you were going with that. No, like I like he was like not in, like not in a generic way. No, in like a, ooh baby, you could only get this yeah. toned in the Unreal Engine in Unity. You're creating a character in Blender, whatever these things are called. That's mm-hmm. where this man was made and then 3D printed with blood, tissues, <laughs> diapers. Sure. Yeah, thank God. Oh, I was worried. I Muscle. Was like, this beautiful baby's this beautiful jacked baby's gonna shit everywhere. Oh, he comes with diapers. Thank you. Skeins and eyeballs. Mm-hmm. I think the more the future Santos Escobar, the more I watch him, the more I'm just like in love with this dude. He's a yeah, cut jacked to the gills. He also and I, I, I've talked about this before. I'll probably talk about this every time I see him. He is, his movements are so dialed in to this character. They're so direct. He's always talking. Even when he first, when he first gets into the ring. Also, shouts out to Stryker, giving everyone like three nicknames as they come in. The High Plains Drifter, the Huntsman, the Pursuer. The first thing he does, he doesn't run in and immediately punch someone in the face. He doesn't run in and immediately try, he scopes out the situation Mm -hmm. like a hunter, like, 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 like the huntsman, like the pursuer. He checks it out. He sees what's going on. Then as soon as they clock him, he kind of like, he, he puts himself into this position where he can dodge a punch that then like, as he, as he ducks out of the way, it's a wild punch that hits the other guy in the face. Like, he's using people's moves against them in, like, this really tactical, interesting way. And that's why he's the champion now, because he wins. I love King Cuerno. He's, and, and, everyth- and everything else he does. Like, he's not just, like, moving tactically. He's also, he's also just, like, fucking smooth and sharp and precise. I say it every... He's fucking... God, I love this man. Who's number five? Number five is Son of Havoc, the asphalt ass kicker riding in on a CP Customs bike. He, he's not, but Matt Stryker says he did, so we will believe him. Uh, Son of, how did you feel about Son of Havoc this week? He does this stuff where he's just flipping off the ropes. ropes. Mm-hmm. Is he from acrobatics? Like, is he a Nightwing? Uh, he is a Nightwing, but from professional wrestling. He's okay. a long time... This is Matt Cross, a.k.a. M-Dog 20. All of you Backyard Wrestling 2 fans out there know exactly who this is. All you CZW fans know who this is. But when he was like five years old, was he in acrobatics or was he just some dirt bike kid being on a dirt bike, also a dirt bag kid doing Backyard Wrestling? I'm curious. I would guess he was a dirt bike, he was a, a dirt bike dirt bag kid doing like Backyard Wrestling. But I'm also I'm guessing that based on, you know, his history of death matches uh, and just yeah, like long time uh, sort of like where he's been around. I don't know. I don't. I, yeah, I don't think he was a gymnast before he was a wrestler. I think he was always a wrestler, but so good. Yeah, he's and it's, it's interesting because we've as we've presented, this feels like a very different son of havoc this week. Hey, dude. Is he a gymnast? Yes, he was a competitive gymnast for 10 years. Oh, shit. That explains that uh, perpendicular elbow drop spot he did he did before. 
Remember when he was like hanging off the post sideways and then he just drops a bow? Yeah, he won gold medals in both the rings and the vault at the Junior Olympic Games. Holy shit. M-Dunk. Fucking, this dude's great. See, uh, see, uh, that's why you gotta look at how people wrestle, and then you might be like, "Hey, he's a Nightwing. He's a he's kind of a Nightwing, but a very different style." Before Son of Havoc, uh, in previous weeks, has been presented as really just we we throw it around dirtbag a lot, but Son of Havoc has been the dirtbag, right? He doesn't like women. He doesn't respect little people. He he really he's really kind of a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. This week's a little, and and he'll do that in his moves where he'll cheat. He'll, you know, he he he'll, he'll take advantages. He won't do cool, flashy stuff. Uh, he comes in and immediately, like, just does his best stuff. Yeah. Which I, here's the like, it's like it depends what where they're going with him next. I'm glad they did though, because you can get re- you can get good character wrestlers. Like you can get someone who is who can just like fulfill the character. And like do the bare minimum and cheat, mm-hmm. but you have this guy who is a go- uh, former gold, junior gold medalist. You have, you know, well traveled and has some of the coolest moves in wrestling at the time. Like he's got a really exciting move set, and you don't want to like you don't want to hamper that with a character who wouldn't do those things. Yeah. So I'm like I'm really happy they really let they really let uh, Son of Havoc go as he enters. Like the the handspring plancha takes out everyone. Like that's his his final move is this is that sort of octagon style, great Muda style, uh, handspring plancha over the top rope to the outside, wipes out everyone, lands on his feet, big smile. Front row kids and moms they love him. Uh, second row dad is going for a high five. Like very like it's one of those things where it's like I don't and I don't know. Do you turn him baby face? Or do, are you just going to let him do cool stuff every now and then, but maintain that he is a piece of shit? I think the latter. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. It's hard when you have, uh, there's a wrestler now, Sammy Guevara is kind of running into this thing where the moveset you do is very exciting and people would cheer for it because it's very impressive, but your character is a piece of shit, you know? So you have to like kind of like find that line of like, what are just the cool things I get to do? And then what are like, like again, that's why I love King Cuerno so much, where he does get to do cool things, but it all serves the character. He's very much in that sense, like current president Donald Trump. How so? Because you say these words. Because he's like flashy. You want to cheer him, but, you know, he's a piece of shit. And he's our president. So like that's you should already be cheering that. I feel like you just put some words together and I was hoping I wouldn't call you out on it. I was hoping you you would fight of being like, one, James, he's not our current president, and two, like... Well, no, he is our... Hold on, hold on. Who, who, <laughs> who do you think is our current president? Sleepy Joe. I say sleepy no. <laughs> I fucking hate that guy, dude. Wait, which guy? Exactly. Listen to the podcast and find out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I guess Son of Havoc is Donald Trump. Yeah. Good for no, him. No, no, he's absolutely not. <laughs> no, he's great. I again, like, and I'm, I, I'm so happy. I, I'm so happy he gets to do these. Co- he gets to like show off because he's. A- <laughs> I would love to see Donald Trump ju- jump from the top rope just because we. I would love to see Donald Trump hit a springboard 450 splash. His shins would snap in half. I feel. Like, I feel like he would slap himself in the face with his own gut. 
Like he would be midair flipping and then his stomach just kind of comes up and hits him in the forehead. He goes, ouch. No, he'd suck his own dick because he's got that thick hog. I want to suck. I'm going to, this is the last bit of dick sucking I'm going to give to Son of Havoc. Uh, where I'm just like really happy. The one, cause one of the things I know, I don't know a lot about Son of Havoc, but I do remember, I believe it was tough enough. The WWE reality show, uh, where they were look, you know, they, it'll be a reality show where they were trading, uh, would be wrestlers and somebody wins and they get a contract. And it was like the first day of tryouts and he was in the ring. And again, this is a guy, he's a former, he's, you know, a former, uh, junior Olympian. Uh, he's been wrestling for a little bit now, so he can do some really cool things. And he's in there and they're kind of doing their warmups and Stone Cold Steve Austin's there. And, you know, he's just, and he's not doing a lot. He's kind of doing the basics, which, you know what? Makes sense. These are new people. Nobody should get hurt on the first day of auditions. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with doing what you're told and playing it safe. And Stone Cold's like, why aren't you showing me anything? He's like, I'm doing everything you guys ask of me. That's your problem. You're just doing what we ask of you. You're not doing anything. You're out of here. And he gets cut before he can do anything Boo. and it's like what the f he's what like this he's i would rather someone be safe than be reckless and get someone else injured on the first day of tryouts yeah like i had someone like a guy who can do what m dog can and chooses to hone like hone that in to take care of other people that's who i want on my roster yeah and so like yeah so he never like got to the wwe and so it's again i'm just real it's real cool to see him do dope shit on Lucha Underground. Mm -hmm. Who's number six? Six is Pimpinella Escarlata. And Pimpy goes wherever Pimpy likes, baby. <laughs> Pimpy's pretty cool. It's cool to see Pimpy here. Yeah. I love back. And you know what? I gotta start. I gotta start. I gotta start giving love back to Matt Stryker, uh, who has the beautiful line, don't judge a book by its cover. See people for their heart, not for their race, their gender, or their style. Love me some Pimpy. I know Matt Stryker says a lot of bullshit, but that was a, that was that was a fun line to hear on TV. And I thought that was Vampiro. No, I think that was no, I think that was Stryker. Okay, I could be wrong. I don't know if it was Vampiro. I'm sorry. If it was Matt Stryker, <laughs> I'm also sorry. Uh, Pimpinella gets there uh, is doing their thing. They uh, lands a big smooch on Phoenix, uh, then goes for the smooch on the referee, but Cuerno cuts off the smooch as and drop kicks Pimpy as number seven makes their way to the ring. Prince motherfucking Puma, baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, Puma. Puma. By the time Puma hits the ring, Mundo is the only one in there. And they just beat the shit out of each other. And they got an interesting... I, I, like, I like the story they're telling here. How do you feel about two good guys beating the shit out of each other? I'm fine, but there, there's other people they could be teaming up on. This, this would be the greatest rumble that you'd ever see. Are a tag team who's just been grinding it out for a while. They have a fan base and they go to the rumble. And what happens is one's like early on and one's in the middle. And once that middle, like they team up and just start wrecking house and they're the last two. And it would be like, if they're like friends from childhood, just like a lot of yeah. relationship and past is there. And they just they just like slap each other's hands, shake, and then have the fucking greatest wrestle match they ever had. And whoever wins wins. That's the, would be the coolest shit. And I don't know why good guys just don't do that. Honestly, I would love to see. I will say with I would love to see that with like New Day. Oh yes, uh, I, New Day's. I think and I think when New Day are in the Rumble, they're very good about teaming up with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, they, like they're very cool. They just never. 
I don't know, push New Day. Let them go to the finals. Let Kofi, Kofi, if it ended up just being Kofi and like Xavier Woods as the final two, it would A, be amazing because they're mm-hmm. both like phenomenal workers and would be kind of a heartbreaking, beautiful story. Yeah. You know, Kofi, we, Xavier, I fought for you. I always stood up for you when you got your title chance, but I have my shot now. I'm not asking you to lay down, but I just need you to understand that I won't lay down either. And they both, and, and, and it's this beautiful, like, because it hurts, but you know it's what you have to do. I, I don't even think we would need that element. It's the element of, hey, we've been doing this as friends for fucking ever. What we wanted as children mm-hmm. is what we're about to do, which is give the world the fucking greatest last 10 minutes of a rumble that you've ever seen. We like it does not yeah. matter. We have both won. At the end of the day, this is a win for us. And that's the shit I want to see. But you can't have that with a Vince McMahon or an angry CEO. They don't want that good time feeling. Which was the nice thing, honestly, about Kofi. Are you you, uh, familiar with Kofi Mania and sort of how that... I think I know we talked about it. Yeah, we talked about it before. Yeah, and I, I whenever I want a good cry, I'll watch that yes. video of the Big yes. E and or is Big E Xavier? Uh, Big E Xavier and Kofi Kingston. Okay, all right, because I was like Xavier also ends with or starts with an E, so I'm not sure if that's another moniker. Uh, actually, Xavier starts with an X. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not E X. All right. Uh, hell yeah. Uh, them backstage watching him win and they start crying. Ooh, baby. Yeah. It's so good. Kofi's family comes out. It's like, and everything leading up, it was so beautiful. And seeing that, like, like especially now that Vince is gone, I would love, like, they, they've they definitely got something going on now. Like, I don't think they're positioned right now to do it this year, but I would love to see that. Like, because I feel like those would be the guys. Even though they, you know, they met in WWE, they are very close and they've stayed together for a very long time. I think I know when this will happen. It'll be like 2029 because if they're 10 years behind, the whole wholesomeness of Ted Lasso will finally catch up in 10 years. So 2029, Mm. that's when we get some wholesome wrestling finally happening. There's a lot. Hey, there's a lot of real good wholesome wrestling. But you know what I mean? Like a good hearted, happy cry that you do at the end of a rumble. Yo, I'm telling you, man, at Hangman Hangman meeting Kenny Page, uh, Kenny Page, Hangman beating Kenny, that was a that was a feel good cry. I can't believe we've gotten here. Oh my God, all of his friends are here and they're giving him a big stinky hug. You believe in yourself even more than the title. What you've earned is your own self respect. That's a whole st- like that's the like good show. Good wrestling has should have a little bit of everything. It should mm-hmm. have some wholesomeness to it as well. Um, I'm trying to think like yeah, like 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 you. Honestly, anytime the New Day win is a very wholesome moment. I fucking I love that shit. But or even on that, like, because you could also you could do wholesome, or you could do tragedy, and it, I mean, it depends on the workers. It depends. Neither is a wrong choice. Everything it just comes down to then our taste. Like, uh, Masawa Kawada were childhood friends, legitimately, who came up through wrestling together. Uh, became each of the one of the four pillars of all Japan, the four pillars of heaven that really elevated that company in the early 90s. And then Misawa became the triple crown champion. And Kawada, as much as he supported, always supported his friend, wanted to continue supporting his friend. Shit, I'm here for the belts. I would be lying to myself if I told you I didn't want to be champion myself. And all and betrayed Misawa left his team, joined, uh, formed the Holy Demon Army with Akira Tawe. And 
it's a similar story, but just very tragic. Mm-hmm. And then in that case, it's like, cool. Can we also get some wholesome? Because I want everything. Yeah. I don't know. The story right now with Mundo and Puma, because it's different, obviously. These guys have met in Lucha Underground, right? They don't have a long term, but they very quickly connected on, hey, we respect each other. Unfortunately, there's no real tag division. And Conan is in Puma's ear, you know, so Mundo... It, it becomes this weird, like, I have to kick the shit out of you. I still respect you, but you're yeah. clearly in my way. I Because I want to be the guy. I want to be the num- the face of this company. You know, in Johnny Mundo's case, I've been around the block for a minute. I've earned this. This is now my time. And in Bruce Puma's case, who the fuck are you? This, you, you know, you're kind of, I'm the fresh face. I, everyone's behind me for a reason. I am the new blood. This is my time. Yeah, see, I'm... I'm the opposite. If all of my friends were to succeed around me in the field that they're doing, I'm cool with that because nepotism, baby. They'll bring me with. This is also, but this is also the sports side of it where it's unfortunately we no he can't bring you with. There's only one champion. Okay. Well then you say, Hey, let's do this tag team and let's start pushing that. They don't have a tag division. There's no tag championship yet. You don't know that. You don't know the rules of the, you don't know the timeline. If you started doing warm up for good morning America, would you bring me on as your assistant? I mean, but again, that's different. This is competition. But would you? What? Yes. Hell yes, guys. Oh, man, I'm getting crafty. That question had nothing to do with this episode. You're just trying to get a good good morning, America. Of course I am. You fooled me. I cannot believe this. I also have very good credentials as an assistant. I never was officially one, but at that ticketing company that is the devil, I was Mm -hmm. a very good assistant to my manager. Well done. But if... But James, if you if it had to be if they had to be number one, if they're like I we only, we only got one spot up here, and we'd love to give it to you, but it means your friend doesn't get this sweet sweet record contract. Would you betray? Your, would you would you would you take it? Would you take it over your friends? You can't bring anyone. It's only you. And this is the sweetest record contract I've ever handed out to anybody ever. How long is the record contract for? A million years. Oh, wow. That's then it's not the best and record contract. I'm going to let you live for a million years. You also become a vampire. It's half record contract, half interview with a vampire. Oh, well, no, Sean, that's you no, it will be a vampire and a, a multi million record salesman. Queen of the Damned. That's truly what that movie <laughs> is. Okay. Would you would you be Queen of the Damned, though? I guess because eventually, Ooh. like, I could finance, like, I can't even financially support my friends to, like, say, like, hey, here's, f- here's a hundred grand, start your own studio and do this. Yeah. That's my own money. I can do that. Well, Prince Puma and Johnny Mundo are fighting for the right to become the next Queen of the Damned when the when the girl in leather shows up and we don't know who she is or why she's here number 8 I'll say yes i'm so pissed that she wasn't like number 19 or 18 she might not be a wrestler which is fine i'm a good manager on the outside can be a really fun character and add a lot of depth who is she though it would have been cool if at 18 oh who is that they're looking oh no one's there then all of a sudden she stands up whips off her trench coat and she goes in and just fucking wrecks house yeah, I don't know if she's a wrestler though. But I don't want to look her up because I don't want to spoil. Would it be cool? Yeah, are you sure. Yeah, it would be there cool. There we go. <laughs> Who's number eight or whatever? 
<laughs> Are you mad at me? Whatever. Who's oh number eight? God. It's Ivalice, <laughs> and ooh, ooh. she's great. Yeah. The bitch is back. Poison Ivy Ivalice. Uh, immediately runs in head scissors. Uh, what, what I have so here. So cool. Head scissors into high kick into a tornado DDT. So Moving cool. with purpose. Yeah. I'm a big, we've talked about, you're a big Ivalice fan. I'm a big Ivalice fan. This is an Ivalice supporting podcast. Uh-huh. Pimpinella considers smooching Ivalice before dropping her to go after King Cuerno. I love that Pimpinella's number one offensive maneuver is a kiss. Like a Pokemon would. Kind of like a Pokemon would. Yeah, she's using, uh, Pimpinella's using attract. It is very effective. Mm-hmm. Except Cuerno uses block. And instead, PK kicks, it was, it's block, blocks the kiss, kicks Pimpy in the face, Ivalice rolling elbows, and then Son of Havoc lands a shooting star press. All onto Pimpinella for the Pimpinella Escarlata elimination. And that's kind of what I like. I also like this too, where like, they had, there's no real unity here. It's just, hey, we have an opportunity to eliminate somebody. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we got to eliminate people. So we're going to sort of like by circumstance all work together and land this really sweet sequence of moves. Yeah. So Pimpinella Escarlata is gone. But number nine is coming in. It's Drago. It's okay. Drago. At this point, if there was a genie right here inside this magical lamp that I'm that I bought for $50 instead of groceries today, if I were to rub it and all of a sudden a Robin Williams genie came out. Are you calling Drago Robin Williams as a genie? No, I was hoping you would be genie and we could improvise me wishing that there would be a tag team team up with Drago and Mill because they're my favorite wrestlers right now. <laughs> okay, 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 hold on, we could do that. Uh, improv, improv, improv. I'm rubbing ooh, this huh, lamp. Whoa, hey, ooh, crazy. Uh, Fisher King, what's going on, James? Hey, you're the genie, right? No, I'm the Fisher King. The Fisher King. Yeah, it's a really sad movie. I'm a homeless man. Okay, so this is another... I think I'm a knight. Robin Williams. You could have gone with another sad movie, Bicentennial Man. (laughs) Oh, U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no alibi. You're ugly. Ho, ho, Robin Williams. Hey. So, uh, Mr. Genie, or Fisher King, I would really (laughs) like for there to be a matchup with, or a team up with Drago and Mill. Well, how about a team up with Robin Williams and the dude? Uh, the actor who played the Big Lebowski. Ho, ho, hey, we were in Fisher King together. Again, I haven't seen Fisher King. And Fisher King just makes me think of Fisher Price. Mm-hmm. Or like a king of fishermen. I might be thinking of a different movie. Ho, let me look it up real quick. All right. You don't know your own discography? No, ho, hey. Wouldn't it be cool if if movies could just be put on, like all movies are less than 80 minutes because we would put them on CDs. That'd be nice. And it's just the audio? Okay, I was right. No, it's Fisher King. All right. Yeah. Can I get this wish? No, because I'm not a genie. I'm just a crazy guy who lives in a park. But I love you. All right. Well, uh, then I guess like- I love you. Use wish uh, one through three. I love you too. Thank you. <laughs> wish one through three. Just make it so, I don't know, Buffalo doesn't smell like trash anymore. Hey, how dare you? My city smells like Cheerios and we're damn proud of it. Number 10. <laughs> is there a Cheerio factory in your town? Nah. Just oh, okay. No, there's a Cheerio factory there. All right. It's just, it's just one dude who just who, who, who made a very strange wish on a magical lamp that contained the Fisher King. One thing about Buffalo, it also probably smells a lot like peppermint and 
other Christmassy things now that Hallmark has made home there? Have they officially? Did you? See, I know. I know. I talked about it. I don't know if they have yet. I just assumed because you talked about it, it was done. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Then the pandemic. Because I think that was pre-pandemic. So I don't know if that changed things. Uh, we should talk about Drago. Yeah. Oh, a little bit. Like Drago has. Um, love the love Drago. You love Drago. Uh huh. Is Drago your number one baby face then? Like your number one hero guy? Wait, he is. Is he your number one hero guy? No, I just th- I didn't know he was a hero guy. I think he's a good guy. Yeah, because he's feuding with King Cuerno, who's a bad guy. Oh, okay. So like he's one of, like yeah, he hasn't done he hasn't done anything specifically heroic. He's just had to fight off a villain. I think probably Son of Havoc. He's my favorite hero. Because you agree with his politics. Yeah. Yeah, that makes he's sense. He's a hero for the people. Absolutely. Lock her up. That's what Son <laughs> of Havoc says. <laughs> Yo, I love yeah, Drago's fucking great. Uh sweep kicks. Uh, big dodges, P- him and Puma lock up, and there's this. Uh, Drago hits a poison Rana, which is a hurricane Rana, but from the back you end up kind of dropping the per- uh, your opponent on their head. And the way Puma immediately sort of, the way he sells it, he pops back up on his feet, like or not even pops on it. He kind of just land ends up landing on his feet with his hands in the old school fisticuff, like fighting Irish style, before collapsing. Hey, hey, hey! My mom might be listening. Oh, I'm so sorry. McNasty's shouts out. <laughs> While this is going on, Ivelisse ends up picking a fight with Cuerdo. Uh, Eats a thrill of the hunt. Ivelisse is eliminated. Around this time, Vampiro says, it's been nonstop at least 20 minutes. And I looked and I was like, well, there's a minute and a half intro. Then, okay, so, hey, it hasn't even been 17 minutes for this episode, so not even 14 minutes in this match, Vampiro. It's <laughs> had nowhere near 20 yet. Play his music. Number 10, Bale, who is another member of the crew of Big Ricks. It's still weird because he just kind of came out of nowhere. We're all like, oh, yeah, Bale. Okay. But uh, you know what? Shout out. I love this decision. Bale does not enter the ring. He stays on the outside to beat the shit out of some dudes. Which like that like and that's the whole. Anytime Big Rick and his crew come up, this the whole story is these are not luchadors in the technical sense. These are not technical wrestlers. These are just dudes who are gonna beat the shit out of you in the back of a Denny's. So like Bale coming in and it's like, hey, why the fuck would I go in the ring? I I could just punch a dude in the back of the head from out here. I love it. I think Bale is uh pretty neat and does some neat things. Phoenix hits his no hands top uh tope moonsault. Drago follows up with a top rope corkscrew to the floor. And in the ring, Puma roundhouses Son of Havoc's Son of Head off of his Son of Body to eliminate Son of Havoc. Yeah! I can only apologize for your favorite wrestler's elimination. Yeah, it sucked. Sean, I just posted a picture in the chat. Okay, should I look at it now? Yeah. This is, I'm guessing, the newer logo. So it, it it is the logo of McNasty's. It is a gentleman... He's not a leprechaun. He used to be a leprechaun. I was going to say, he's dressed like a leprechaun, but he's in fact just some kind of fat Irish dude. <laughs> and I do love him. All right, McNasty's, I'm on board. We we got to pinning Bale and Cortez, right? No, uh, we just got to the pin of Son of Havoc. Oh, okay, okay. James, spoilers. People people might be, there's a bunch of Bale and Castro fans out there who think they're going to go Uh-oh. the distance. Uh, Cortez Castro and, uh, makes his entrance at number 11, the linchpin of the crew, the best technical wrestler of the crew, according to Matt Stryker. And Va- I love Vampiro comes in. I don't, th- it's not so much he's the best technical, he's just kind of the meanest. 
So like he's just he just punches the most, and I'm like, the weenus. That's he's the ween. He 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 pushes the little daisies and it makes him come up, baby. Weenus as hell. And I and I and I like and they change the pace. They do what you were talking. They kind of hit what you were talking about before. They mm-hmm. are a team, uh, so they come in and they start teaming up on everyone else. Slows the match. Uh, they slow the they slow the match down essentially. Hey, you fans like all this big flippy shit? Well, how about I throw someone on the ground and then I bite their face? I think Bale. He just starts biting faces. They're all like, "Yo, ho, blow the man down." I because hope they're I, pirates. Wait, hold on. You said what? something along the lines of like blow them down or something. Slow. I think I said slow. Oh, slow the oh yo uh, ho, slow the man down. Yeah, Cort- Cortez Castro comes in, just gives, just starts giving oral to everybody. Ooh, everybody, blow just a whole, down. Just a bunch of blowjobs. Nobody knows what what they're doing. Everybody comes. Cortez Castro is the new champion of Lucha Underground. We don't even get to the rest of the match. Nobody else enters. They see mm-hmm. Cortez Castro handing out those nasty blowjobs. They're like, "This is the greatest technique I've ever seen. I can't. I'm done. I tap out." Handing out those Mick nasty blowjobs. Ooh, and how about McNasty number 12, Ricky Mandel? He he didn't get the shot he deserved in this match. No, he, I mean, no, yeah, you're right. Ricky Mandel's the man. Ricky Mandel's great here. Uh, not even nervous, the sweet, innocent underdog. He does something good. Like I said before, because he, he, does, he doesn't get as much shit in, but he serves a very important story purpose, where Bale and Castro, who... At this point in Lucha Underground, aren't the strongest looking individuals, right? They don't usually win. Is that fair to say? They usually get beat up by Johnny Bundo. Yeah. But because they, they have the numbers advantage, there's no DQ, and this is their, that's kind of their specialty, they've taken over the match. But this is probably the strongest Bale and Castro has ever looked, the crew has ever looked, are these two working together while everyone else was working against, like was working solo to take over. It's not until Ricky Mandel, the next entrant, makes his way in, and he evens the odds. He doesn't get as much cool stuff in, but he evens the odds, and he clears the lane for Puma to rolling Northern Lights into Suplex, into standing Shooting Star Press, eliminates Bale. And then Johnny with the running head scissors, single leg drop kick into Shining Wizard to eliminate Castro. And I loved this, and I knew it was going to happen, because... As he, uh, Castro's getting pinned, you hear the drums starting to... So every five seconds, drums would start going off to signify the next person coming to the ring. Mm-hmm. And throughout, once the, all of the crew was announced and they're in the ring, Vampiro and Stryker are talking like, oh, they just need to hold out till Big Rick is in the ring and they're going to be... A, they're going to just run this. And pin... Three, then we get another three, two, one from the crowd, and it's Big Rick coming in with no friends. Ricky Mandel fucked up the entire scheme. Why? But Big Rick makes his entrance at number 13. Immediately, where the fuck's my crew? Castro, why didn't you bite more faces? Who the fuck is Ricky Mandel ruining my schemes? He's still Big Rick, though. So as much as he doesn't get his crew to, like, definitively lock up the match... He absolutely clears house. Like, you're, and the first thing he does is you're an Augie Mandel to eliminate him. Sorry, Ricky. Big Rick is how most people play Fortnite, which is, oh, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to get as many kills as I can. I see someone, I'm going to start shooting. But that's not how you play Fortnite 
or any last man standing thing, you wait it out. You glamp. You go in a bush that no one can see you in, and you wait there, and you don't leave until the storm is a brewin. Yeah, Big Rick. Big Rick looks for a lot of fights, mm-hmm. which is an interesting choice. Like, yeah, like not the most strategically involved, but it does. It's one of those things like it doesn't make the most story psychology sense, but it does look fucking cool to see this massive dude taking on three guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Big Rick is clearing house. He eventually gets Drago up in a gorilla press, which is uh, you basically, you know, how like you sometimes you lift things with your both hands and you put it over your head. Mm-hmm. That's what like he extends his like that's what a gorilla press is. You extend you have your opponents are perpendicular to you. You lift them up and extend your arms. Which is a very hard thing to do, especially to a fully grown professional wrestler. Uh, so, but Big Rick's fucking huge. So he he does he presses up Drago, and Cuerno comes in, and he's like, "Hey, please." He just says, "Please," and fucking Big Rick throws Drago, who's been fu- Cuerno. Like they're both at one one versus one. They fucking hate each other. Cuerno, like Drago, is Cuerno's prey. Has been for weeks. Big Rick throws Drago onto Cuerno's shoulders, hits Thrill of the Hunt, one, two, three, Cuerno gets the elimination on Drago. Which, it's such, that's what what these matches can do. Here's a lot of stories, and they will, like, intersect with each other. Mm -hmm. Big Rick has nothing to do with the, like, he has nothing to do with the Drago-Cuerno rivalry, but eliminating Drago will help him out. And now that he has no crew, having a, 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 a you know, a temporary ally in King Cuerno will help him out. And it, oh, I love, I don't, I love seeing pe- people who don't, haven't interacted before just randomly interact. Yeah. Like, yeah. Deadpool just shows up and he's hanging out with Wolverine. I love that shit. Oh, what's that? It's, it's Superman and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I fucking love that shit. Godzilla and Charles Barkley. Hell yeah. I fucking love that shit. Classic commercial for Nikes. It's so cool. Right after that, though, deep crucifix pin from Mundo to eliminate King Cuerno. No. If King Cuerno has one weakness, it's his obsession. He's obsessed with Drago right now, and he doesn't notice Mundo right behind him to roll him up and eliminate his hunty, hunty ass. He's probably going to start going after Prince Puma because he's the, the, the other animal on the crew. Probably. I will say the nice thing, that, it would make sense. Uh, I, the nice thing they do at this point, though, they, everyone's been pretty like, no, there's a reason I'm going after you. Like, even though, even though Johnny Mundo does not does not have an animal gimmick, he might go after him just because he fucked him. Like, he's a very petty individual. Well, also, his pants look a little like an animal. Meow. If you were to eat an animal, who would you call? Cuerno. Ghostbusters. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Both. King Cuerno is my real Ghostbuster. Pentagon Junior is number 14. Pentagon's fucking great. Arrives, clotheslines everyone and their mothers until Big Rick stands up. And then he's like, ah, oh, shit, Big Rick is still in this match? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. But th- And this is where the double teams on Big Rick begins. Fuck. This is, yeah, I Pentagon has an insane sort of uh, run here. Big Rick puts uh, Pentagon in the full Nelson. Behind, hands clasped behind the neck. Penta manages, manages to duck right as Puma and Mundo superkick Big Rick. Puma and Mundo... It's, it's this very, like, tense respect. We need to work together to get rid of Big Rick. We will work together to get rid of some of these douchebags. But at the end of the day, I'm going to fight you. 
because that's my job. That is why I'm here. I am here to become the champion. Mm-hmm. So, so we see this Puma and Mundo teaming up again, this, this tense, this, this tense alliance. And then Penta super kicks both of them. Then he super kicks Phoenix. Then he's sling blades. Like Penta just starts going. He's just, he just starts picking up speed. Sling blade to Mundo before power, the power bomb on the knee to Puma. And then the free one of the craziest pop up fucking power bombs. It's so weird. It's it's like a he goes. It's like a backdrop, but instead of him flipping over him, he flips him in front of him to power bomb Phoenix and big holy shit chance. Mm-hmm. Immediately, people kind of but that was real good. Have I told you how much I love Pentagon Junior? Oh, you say it all the time. I fucking love this dude. Oh my gosh, Penta attempts to pin Phoenix. Big Rick breaks it up because I don't know why. Because he wants the the dub. I get, but he still gets, it's elimination. Like you still get the dub, even if you don't pin him. Like you don't, it's, it's a Fortnite style rules. Your kill count does not matter. It does not mean anything to the final dub count. Oh, well, I mean, you get experience points for killing people and that will help you level up. Maybe it's for experience points. Maybe he's trying to unlock some new skins. Yeah. He wants to, maybe Big Rick wants to play as Rick and Morty. Oh, He baby. wants to be Big Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Pickle Big Rick. So he breaks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who said this, but uh, it must have been Striker. No, I think it was Vampiro to someone saying, oh, he's a speedy little fly boy or some shit. And it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> it's Vampiro. He hates. Which, like, it's, it's one of those things, especially now with like some of the i some of the cornet camp and the iwc internet wrestling community being like oh i hate small flippy wrestlers i just want big muscly guys and it's like really yeah that's that's so boring and like and for the years like Shawn michaels was not a big dude he just had some of the best matches bret hart was not the biggest dude he just had some of the best matches you don't have to be the biggest dude to have the best matches and to be over to be beloved the only big dude i have really ever liked is mill yeah, that's fair. That's in- it's interesting that you gravitated towards Mill so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's probably because he looks like he's a demon and shit. So yeah, he also whatever he d- there's some mysticism behind the rock, and we don't know what that's about. His little Dwayne in the hanky. Mm-hmm. I also do love it's it's a it's a it's a brief moment. Uh, but after Big Rick breaks up the uh pen- Penta as he's trying to pin Phoenix, Johnny kind of, barely on camera just kind of slides in and tries to steal the pin, but he kicks out it too. Damn it. Like, it's weird, like, because jo- they build him up as this, you know, big megastar. But if you were to look at the character, he is a little desperate. He did get fired from the big paying job. He was away from the business for like three years. So like as much as he's this massive celebrity, he needs this. Mm-hmm. He does. It's not. It, it, there is no apathy in Johnny Mundo. He needs this. Uh, so to see him kind of slide in and try and steal that steal that W over Phoenix is uh, is interesting. Superfly is number 15, though. And Superfly, this is the muscles. I have the line. Muscles sometimes better than being a speedy little flyboy. Because Superfly is very much a speedy little flyboy. I don't see, I don't think we see this enough. I like Big Rick shoots Superfly into the ropes. It's an Irish whip. The idea is being. Hey, 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 hey. A McNasty whip, excuse there me. There you go. Uh, he, th- he throws him into this McNasty whip. He comes back. The idea being <laughs> he's going to run back and he's going to lariat him. And it's one of those things in wrestling we kind of take advantage. We take for granted in real life. Just because someone throws you into a bouncy surface does not mean you run back at full speed. Uh, but we accept it in wrestling. I love what super. I love this moment. Uh, Superfly, instead of hitting the ropes and coming back, 
just jumps over the ropes and hits a flipping senton on Penta on the outside. And I love that idea of like, oh man, I don't want to eat a lariat. Fuck it. And just goes flying. Uh, I don't know if you remember that moment, but it's a great moment of sometimes being a speedy little flyboy is better than being a muscle. Oh, damn. Got your ass, Vampiro. Play my music. Yeah. Superfly, Superfly does some stuff. It's pretty cool. There was also this crucifix thing. I've never seen it. It was gnarly. That was earlier in the match. It's it's a very, I love crucifix pins. Uh, I forget who's doing a bomb version of that now. Where instead of it just being a pin, the bi- I think it's Madison Rain. She kind of like leans back and just like, it's the, it's the crucifix pin, but it's meant to just really like spike them down on the mat real hard. And it fucking looks brutal. I like, I don't know, crucifixes are pretty cool. Jesus is a bitch, but crucifixes are pretty cool. Oh, it's, she probably calls it the inverted crucifixion. I bet she calls it the inverted crucifixion. And I bet they call this next wrestler an inverted piece of crap is Chavo Guerrero Jr. Entering with a chair, which like, very smart. How do you like the, as soon as you hear Cueto go like, no DQ. Yeah. Shouldn't you immediately run, grab a weapon? Isn't that the first thing you would do? Yeah, I'd get a goddamn revolver. Oh, hell yeah. I said I'd grab my, I'd grab my weighted Pimpinella Escarlata body pillow. Hell weighted yeah. with metal. Oh, damn. A revolver. Yeah, it might be smarter. Grab some rocks from outside, put it in a sock, and run in with that. Hell yeah. I will see I would, but I, I have sex with uh, rocks in a sock. Okay. So I have to use my weighted Pimpinella Escalata pillow. Bring in a paintball gun. I should have brought in a paintball gun. Well, Chavo brings in a chair and immediately and just starts handing out headshots. Lays out Superfly, eliminates him. Penta goes for the high five because that's his friend. They teamed before, right? Penta doesn't have too many alliances. This is one of his few ones. Mm-hmm. So he high fives Chavo for being a good chair boy. And Chavo high fives Penta in the head with his chair. And Chavo eliminates Pentagon Jr. And Sean is very sad. Boo oh. to Sean being sad. He need to be happy. No, I. but Pentagon's gone. Pentagon Jr. is what I have to call him now because he's no longer in this match. Who's like number 18? I don't know what number we're Number at. 18 comes after number 17, who is next at his Masquerita Sagrada. He's great. He fights off Chavo, fights, starts fighting with Phoenix. Uh, big back and forth ends with a massive and huge anti- anti-air dropkick with Masquerita kind of running from the apron. Uh, Phoenix drop kicks him out of the sky and turns his whole shit inside out. It's so brutal. fucking good. Yeah, they're great. Number 18 is Sexy Star. Sexy. In a really, I like her. She's wearing like a Miss Marvel uh, singlet. Did you did you pick up on that? No, because I have heavy blue blockers on, so I do not see any color details whatsoever. Oh, okay. She's got like the, like, you know, the like Miss Marvel, uh, she would wear like the, sing, the singlet with like sort of the lightning down the middle is what Miss Marvel wears. And Sexy Star wore the same thing. I liked it. And Chavo's in the ring? Fuck this guy. Sexy immediately. Like, I feel like this whole match is just, why is Chavo still in this match? Fuck this guy. Which is, you know what? True. Fuck Chavo. I hate him. Yeah, because he, he like, picks her up by the, what do you call it? Like, the singlet, I guess. So much so, mm-hmm. like, you can start seeing a lot of her underwear. And I'm like, dude, calm your tits. I didn't, oh, I didn't even pick up on that. I have to rewatch this match. I'm a pervert, so I pick up on all things like that. 
she gets a, uh, but the big, eventually she does fight. She does fight with other people. She gets in a, she faces off with Big Rick uh, at some point, which is like as much as sexy star as a person turns out to not be great as a character. Very cool. I love seeing her just come in and be like, nah, fuck this shit. Let's go, bud. Uh-huh. Like, I think she's the one. She might be the most fuck this shit. Let's go. Like always. She Has is always no in fuck this shit. Let's go mode. Absolutely. She is the daredevil in Miss Marvel gear of this match. And this is the moment uh, where we get the uh, mm, marshmallows in reference to Big Rick being a big guy. I don't know why they said this. But because he's holding up Masquerita and he looks, I guess, like a marshmallow because of his oh. suit. Yeah, okay. I guess. Well, at least it makes sense now. I don't think that makes it better. Yeah. But thank you. Because now at least I, I didn't get it at all. I was like, why are we just shouting out marshmallows in the middle of this match? Because he looks like a marshmallow. I. Yep. All right. Number 19. El Mariachi Loco. This dude was good, and I do like his gimmick that, hey, we, he's a bartender. He's, you know, that Tom Cruise movie. Not even a bartender. I think they call him a dishwasher. Oh. He's like, he's in the Tom Cruise movie, but as a background actor. But why is he <laughs> dressed as dishes. if he's a sexy, he looks kind of like a Chippendales dancer. He's got, I love his gear. It's different from the last time we saw him. It's red and black, uh, sort of like pleather. So it's a little more breathable than leather. I hope it's pleather. Leathers would suck to wrestle in. And he's got this nice little waistcoat going on. It kind of looks like El Mar... Shoot, it's been a while since I've seen uh, the Robert Rodriguez El Mariachi uh, with Antonio Banderas. But like kind of in that, like that's what they're going for. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's great. Yeah. I just like the man who works for tips. Like my striker clarifies, I, this is not done for humor. This man was a dishwasher eight weeks ago. Are you okay, bud? I was wondering if you would start thinking like, oh, James's screen is is skipping. I mean, I did for a second until I saw you move. And then I'm like, he wouldn't pull a trick like that in the middle of our podcast, would he? Yes, he would. He sure would. Um, he gets all of his offense in, including a shake, like this sort of like dancing little super kick. And then he shakes his little hips and then he shakes his little hips a little too much. And he gets clotheslined by Big Rick real hard. Sean, I meant to say this when you were talking about he was a dishwasher. Where would you yeah. be billed from if you were a manager? The back of the kitchen. Okay. You wouldn't... I, would, I would probably take a similar gimmick. I think I'd want to, honestly, as, a, as like a wrestling manager, I'd kind of want to be a scummy little dishwasher who's, who like talked his way into the wrestling locker room and a paycheck. But like in actuality, like I have zero... I have zero credibility. I have zero actual like reason to be there. I'm just a shitty little dishwasher who can who has like a cocaine connection and talked his way into a wrestling locker room. For me, if we're if it's WWE, WWE still on USA? Uh yes, Raw okay. is on USA Network. So then I'd be able to do this if we're on USA. I'd be billed from the Black Lagoon because that's a universal property. Hell yes. And I guess anywhere else, either the marshland, I get, I wouldn't want to be billed from the bayou or the bogs of Ireland. Oh, and James, I'd be, uh, you can't say Ireland. I would, but my name would be Marshland McNasty. Okay. If, if your name is as long, okay. As long as you call out McNasty. A real, real quick aside. 
I yeah. digitized a video that We Love Trash, Betsy Sidaro and Mano Agapian have been wanting to do a watch along for their podcast for a long time. I was like, I can, I found this DVD on on eBay. It's not expensive. I'll buy it. I'll digitize it to you and send you links. So because it's a movie that is zero places to stream, not even to illegally download. So I facilitated those needs and Mono in this conversation, I'm like, oh, Mono clearly runs their Instagram account because that's where I was talking to them. And he started shouting out. He's like, shout out to Marshland Monster. Thank you so much. Then Betsy goes, yes, thank you so much, Marshall Monster. And then uh, <laughs> Mono goes, no, 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 Marshland Monster. And she's like, oh, yeah, Marshland. I'm I'm fucking reading it. How did I mess that up? <laughs> so they started saying Marshall Monster to the point where. On their Patreon, I signed a comment, Marshall Monster, and they're like, yeah! Fuck yeah, Marshall. Oh, Marshall, I got good news, and I got great news. Number 20 is about to make his way to the ring. Your man, my man, everybody's man, Katrina's man, it's Mil Moertes. With Katrina. With Katrina. And this dude just, like, mid-air smashes, uh, like, mill mashes up people. I don't remember who he does it to. I think it was it, to Phoenix. I think, he does, I think he does it a couple times, but there's a beauty to Phoenix. Mm -hmm. So fucking good. Just, like, middle of the sky punches. It's like, have you ever seen a bird fly too close to your head and you just want to punch it? Mill Huertas punches birds. Well, remember, I did say I accidentally kicked a bird mid-flight. <laughs> you are, I, it makes so much sense why Mil Muertes is your guy. Yeah. As, as the more layers we uncover to your sweet, sweet onion. We've both mid-air uh, hurt a bird. Yo, am I, <laughs> what I love about that spot too, it happens right after uh, Mil F Flatliners, his finisher, El Mariachi Loco. And then he sees, he's, so he, he hits his finisher, he looks up, sees Phoenix flying, punches him out of the sky, then pins El Mariachi Loco. Mm -hmm. He, it's, he looks so strong. It's like, hold on, uh, I'll be right with you back, I'll be back with you in a second. Yeah! One, two, three. Oh, buddy. Bill's strong here. Yeah. And I love, we get, we finally get, because I don't think we've had them in the ring together yet. Big Rick and Mil Muertes. In the big meaty men beating meat stare down. Yeah. Hoo wee. And the drummers are fucking losing it. As soon as they stare out, they're, they're in the ring, they're staring each other down. The drummers are like, fuck yeah, this is the shit I love. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Let's effing go. And eventually everyone else is like, fuck this shit. And then everyone else just gangs up on the two of them. Yeah. Uh, which like, you know what? True. You kind of have to. This leads into, uh, eventually this kind of leads to this spot. Big Rick. Johnny's in the corner. Big Rick runs at the corner for like a splash. Johnny gets out of the way. And then he and then climbs the top rope, hits the fin de mundo onto Big Rick. But Chavo needs the Fortnite experience, so he tosses Johnny out of the ring. While Chavo's ch tossing Johnny out of the ring, Puma hits a running shooting star on Rick, who's still on the ground. So that's another finisher. Then Chavo throws Puma out of the ring. He's like, no, I need, I need this Rick and Morty skin. So then finally, Chavo goes for the pin, but by this time, it's just taken so long that Phoenix is back up on the top rope. 450 splashes the whole pile, and Phoenix gets the experience. He will be Pickle Rick for now on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. I loved that sequence. I loved how many, how many finishers it took to just kill Big Rick. Yeah. And we got five minutes to talk about this entire thing now. Uh, yep. <laughs> 
Sorry, I'm looking at my notes. Uh, I'm trying to think. Because at this point, it's, yeah, Sexy's still in. Chavo's still in. Eventually, Chavo's kind of pissed. He brings back the steel chair, eliminates Phoenix, and I fucking hate it. I was so sad. Chavo steel chairs Phoenix. Phoenix is eliminated. Sexy wants to kick the shit out of Chavo and does until Chavo body slams her onto the chair. Mm-hmm. No matter what they do, the problem is Chavo has a chair. He ends up putting the chair, resting the chair on to Sexy Star's face and climbs the turnbuckle. He's going to stomp a chair into her skull. We're all real scared. It's a real bad time. Until. No DQs, baby. Blow Damon Jr. returns to fuck Chavo's shit up. No disqualification, so anyone who wants to come in and kick the shit out of Chavo is free to. Blue Damon Jr. is the first to do it. He's going off with the returning Blue Damon Jr. He gives the class, he gives the, uh, hey man, look behind you. Chavo Wiley Coyote style slow turns to see Sexy Star with Chavo's chair. Punishes him in the head, eliminates Chavo. Blue gets in his face to let him know this isn't over before we get our final four squaring off. Yes, this is 34 minutes into the episode, and I I wrote down who I thought will win at this time, but who do we have? Final four are Johnny Mundo, Prince Puma, Sexy Star, and Mil Muertes. Who did you think was going to win at this point? Puma. And then a slight, I was like kind of underlined Sexy Star of like, it's for sure going to be Puma, but if it is not, it would be Sexy Star. I thought it was going to be Mil Muertes, honestly. He was the last big man. He was like, he's just kind of this big threat. I really thought it was going to be Mil Muertes. And so does Sexy Star, as the first thing she does is run down Mil Muertes. Sexy Star gives no fucks, and she just wants to fight. Eventually, uh, Mundo and Puma have to double team against the big man. And as soon as and as soon as they do, Sexy comes in. She's just fighting. She's just all full gear immediately. Takes down the she takes down the rivals before being speared in half and eliminated by Mil Muertes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are down to the three Puma, Mundo, and Mil. Mundo takes the fight to Mil in the corner. Puma comes up behind Mundo. It gives him a zigzag. Puma throwing hands in the middle of the ring with Mil leads to a crazy double. T- oh my gosh! This double crazy double team move between Mundo and Mil Muertes. Where Mill kind of has Puma's legs. It's against Prince Puma. He has his legs and Puma's kind of like in the ropes. Johnny leapfrogs over Mill Muertes, lands on the outside, driving Puma's like back into the apron. It oh looks yeah. So nasty. It Ugh. does not look fun. That looked brutal. But cool. In an interesting, I was always just I was just kind of like, it's cool to see Mundo and Mil Muertes work together. Yeah. Despite being on opposite sides of the morality line. But we're about to get the spot of the night soon. Is this when uh, Mad Striker goes and it shows you what these, oh, hello, what these competitors, like he stops his sentence in the middle of a sentence to look at blonde girls. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Mad Striker? No, that's not a spot. That's just a, a dirt bag move. And we want a dirt bike move. What is the spot? Of, what's your favorite? What is the spot you got coming up? So Mill, I believe, has Puma on, or Katrina has. Puma and then Mill goes up and then Puma ducks out of the way and so does Mill as soon as Johnny is running behind them to kind of like 369 or 619. I think that's the something involving like the ropes and he tries to kick Mill in the head but Mill ducks out of the way and it just like is such a gnarly move to then be punctuated with 
cold cocking with a huge muscular leg Katrina off the side of the ring. It was like I said, holy shit when that happened. Yeah, I think and Johnny Mundo says, holy shit. Immediately, it's just like, that wasn't my fault. Immediately, just like, I, I just Bart Simpson style, I didn't do it. Uh, because Bill's fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. He just kid can't read his head off. What the fuck is wrong with you, Johnny? Uh, and he just sees red. It was very cool. It was a very, it was very cool. How everything led up to that too. And during this, like Mill starts like getting real pissed and a child mm-hmm. in the audience is covering his eyes. He's so scared. It's so fun. It's he's like, Again, watching children watching wrestling is the best because mm-hmm. it's so real. It's still real to me. Damn like it. in that video real quick, I will just tell people the, the title of it. It's from Hi-Ho Kids. Kids meet a luchador. It is such a wholesome video. Check it out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Luchador is Peligro. He is wonderful with these children. Mm-hmm. Peligro is great. That's so it was it's a, it's a great video. But yeah. Mill is mad. Mill wants Mill smash puny mundo. Uh, but Puma's there to break up. Like he's goozling him by, he's holding him by the neck and Puma breaks it up. The only way he knows how flying off the top rope, double knees to the shoulder and neck of Mil Muertes. He's down in the middle of the ring. Puma calls this spot and I fucking love it. They both go on the apron. Mundo springboards 450 splash onto Mil Muertes. Then Puma springboards 450 splash onto Mil Muertes. They both jump on top of him. And Mil Muertes is eliminated. Yeah. In a very, but again, super powerful way. The real, it took so many things. Katarina had to be injured so that Puma lost sight of tech, of tactics and technique. Like he just, all he did was saw red. And then they had to throw literally everything and seven different kitchen sinks to get rid of Mill. Sean, even when we're kind of like, hey, we need to start finishing up. If it sounds like, a hundred people were murdered and the entire first responders are going to this location <laughs> near you. You can pause for the sirens to end. Oh, it's just Chicago, baby. <laughs> no. I don't think, I know. I think I was in the, I will be better about that. I feel like that was like in the middle of, maybe that wasn't, I thought that was in the middle of the sentence and I was like, I can't get back to this sentence. I'm just going to plow through. Uh, sorry about, sorry about that, dear listeners. Uh, I will be a better vigilante superhero. <laughs> Therefore, we will have less sirens in the background. But I, I have no more notes. So you, if you want to get to the end, go for it. Uh, sure. Uh, Mundo versus Puma. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll r- run through these real quick. Uh, big Lucha chance. This is a hot match. For the first main event from the first episode. We got is a real nice sort of full circle moment here. We got like, it's funny. It's, it's funny to see Johnny on the other end of so much Lucha high flying offense. But it's Prince Puma. Like if, if there's anyone who could like kind of put Johnny on the other end of this, it's Prince Puma. Uh, eventually to the point where Johnny has to use a submission hold. He gets this real nasty uh, half Boston crab and he's just twerking the knee. He's just twisting the knee. Johnny has to wrestle a style outside of his own. He has to be the ground-based guy. He has to be the more submission-y guy because not, not, just, not just Prince Puma's faster and more agile, he's younger, you know? He can do these spots quicker and a little faster. And it's interesting. Uh, it's, it's just it's a different match for Johnny, but they're taking it to each other. Uh, massive splash, uh, ma- massive Spanish fly from the, uh, from Puma. Two point nine, big ass lucha chance as Puma points to the top rope. But Johnny, and this is the po- Johnny's been in here since number two. He's been mm-hmm. here for a long time. Both of these guys are beaten. 
This is the, this is the uh, slow, sluggish demeanor of notice this blondes. Oh, hello. Tells you all you need to know about these luchadors uh, spot. Where it's like, but true, like they're just, they're dragging each other. Like this is where it starts getting ugly. Like these aren't clean artistic moves anymore. This is like Puma's going to the top rope. Johnny's just grabbing at his feet. Like there's nothing technical. There's nothing pretty about that. It's just, no, stop. No, I need you to stop. Mm -hmm. Eventually he's grabbing at his feet long enough that Johnny has the time to recover. Hits the poison Rana, that reverse uh, hurricane, uh, that reverse Frankensteiner from the top rope. Spikes Puma on his head. That leads into a Findamundo. End of the world. Finish of the match. For only a two. Mm-hmm. Little boy can't look. Nobody can look. No. Johnny can't look. It's insane. Eventually, Mundo does attempt another Spanish, attempts a Spanish fly on his own, but gets dumped on his nuts on the top rope, kicked in the head. Huge 630 splash. Massive, massive, massive top rope maneuver. One, two, three, baby. Prince Puma is your inaugural Lucha Underground champion. Whoop. Johnny shakes the hand, gets the hug. Conan comes out and celebrates with Prince Puma. All these voices, I don't know who Puma can trust. I don't like between Johnny Mundo and Conan. I don't know who Prince Puma can trust right now. In the moment, this moment, this slice of life, this slice of a moment we have right now, it's beautiful for Puma. He's the first champion. He's he's got the respect of a legendary friend in Johnny Mundo. He's got the respect of a legendary mentor in Conan, but these two dudes have very opposite viewpoints. And the respect of the people. And the respect of the people. That's the one thing he can really count on is the people is the respect of the people. Johnny Mundo wants that title. Conan is only gonna stick with Puma as long as it's beneficial to him. That's been K Dog's MO since day one. So it's just this very weird like today is good. But what will tomorrow be for Puma? I don't know. And what will tomorrow be for our listeners? Hopefully you're going to listen to some more of these wonderful products and services we're about to plug. James? Hey guys, go over to twitch.tv forward slash goosevk. You can see Sean. He streams well. Yeah. And then head into the description. That's where all the links to the podcast are, mlmpod.com. My music under Marshland Monster or Marshall Monster. I'm kidding. Don't search that. You will not find me. But yeah, Betsy Sidaro. But patreon.com forward slash mlmpod, where for $5 a month, you get exclusive content. It's a real good time. But for $10 a month, you get monthly exclusive content, not just every single Friday. And you get shout outs on every single free feed podcast, which there are about to be some weeks five. Ooh, baby. So starting with Steve F., Eric Berry of Ranger Command Power Hour, Alex Z the Waz, Orion, he's a rapper, Defo, D hyphen, F O, Kayla, aka Two Grapes, Jordan B, the Chaos Witch, My Bickle, my brother in common law, Joshua, Jake, Steve Barnes of Sweet Child of Time, he's gonna be teaming up with Comatose soon. Oh my Ooh. god, it's the mother in which screamed, It's the spy who fucked me? And finally, Lil Corey's BFF and roommate, Shane. I've been James. I've been Sean. I should have said Betty Sidaro. Oh, yeah. To really yeah. just twist that knife. Well, Mono call. I thought it's because you knew Mono calls her Betty sometimes. I, oh, no. I know it was because she called you Marshall. And I won't stand for this. Betty Sidaro, we got beef. Uh-oh. Officially Mac Big style, Mac Big style beef. It'd be weird if one of the three listeners we have was Betsy Sidaro, star of Duncanville. <laughs> 
regular you know, on the, CBS's <laughs> ghosts? I mean, we know it's not the CIA. There's too many of them to not listen to have our numbers be so low. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and see I'm you guys. Sean. Bye. <laughs> see you guys. Bye. <laughs>